You know, growing up in the late 1970s and the early 1980s, I tell you, you heard a lot about Evil Knievel. He was the man. He was the guy. Everybody knew who Evil Knievel was. What I did not know was that there is a history of him in parts of British Columbia, including in the Kootenays. And we're going to learn all about it today with the help of Greg Nesteroff, who's a Kootenay historian, the co-author of Lost Kootenays, A History and Photographs, and operates the Kootenay Reader, a blog about uh, local history as well. Greg, thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. What was Evil Knievel doing in the Kootenays? Well, um, I, I should clarify that he wasn't actually in the Kootenays, but he did have a Kootenay connection, and that was playing hockey. Um, a lot of people don't realize that before he became a, a daredevil motorcycle jumper, uh, Evil Knievel was a, a semi-professional hockey player in his hometown of Butte, Montana. And so for a couple of years in the late 1950s, he was the, the playing coach of a team called the Butte Bombers, and they took on... Uh, Various teams, but a couple of them were from the Kootenays, one from Trail and one from Creston. Okay, and so does he have some kind of lasting legacy? What do people remember him for as a hockey player? Well, I I only talked to one fellow who remembered playing against him, and uh, his sort of overriding memory was that he they thought that Evil Knievel was a big show off, <laughs> which which You're I guess kidding. you know fits pretty well with his with his later persona. So uh, they only played I you know a few games uh, against uh, Trail and Creston each year. Um, I think there there were uh, two seasons uh, and two games against each of those teams. So they didn't have a lot of opportunity to see him, but he did make a, enough of an impression on him. I think he was one of the, he was certainly one of the better players on, on the Butte Bombers. I haven't compiled the statistics, but uh, he also spent a lot of time in the penalty box. Okay, I understand he also maybe once or twice had a Gordie Howe hat trick. Absolutely, a Gordie Howe hat trick being a goal, an assist, and a fight. And uh, on at least one occasion, I think he scored two goals, had an assist, a fight, and a roughing minor as well. Right, but there, were there some controversies as well? Yeah, there there were a number of uh, of, of sort of bizarre incidents that happened. Uh, the actually when when Trail played in Butte in January of 1959 uh, for a couple of back-to-back games, there were uh, incidents in both games. Uh, in the the uh, coach of the Trail team punched a referee. And in the following game, Evil Knievel punched a referee oh. as well and got a major penalty, although he, he apologized for it afterward. I would hope so there, too. So uh, do, do, do people, not many people remember this? How did you even come across this? Well, uh, a few years ago, I was uh, reading a story about Evil Knievel's hockey career in, in the Society for International Hockey Research Journal. And it mentioned that one of the teams that uh, he had played was from Trail. And I thought, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. But I didn't really look into it at the time. But then this past summer, I went to, I visited Butte, Montana for the first time. And uh, in a sports bar there, there's uh, a picture of the team that Evil Knievel coached. And so that kind of rekindled my, my interest in the subject. And it turns out that the, all of the Butte, newspapers have been digitized and are available online. So it wasn't hard to, to look into the story. Okay. I wonder, though, when it comes to Evil Knievel, is it people of a certain age who that immediately evokes something in them? Like, does, do, do younger people even know who Evil Knievel was? That's a good question. I don't know, but you're quite right that he was a real pop culture icon yes. of the 1970s and 80s. And then his star kind of dimmed for a while. Um, well, I mean, you know, he stopped doing the, the, the 
the daredevil acts that he was famous for, you know, jumping his motorcycle over ridiculous obstacles. Uh, so I don't know if, if he is as well known today. I mean, he, he's been dead for quite a number of years now. So um, might be a, a name that is foreign to, to kids today. But certainly, you know, if you grew up in the 1970s or 80s, I mean, you may have owned a, an evil Knievel action figure or something like that. He was a, a, a pop culture icon. And really, he was a superhero in the sense that you know, he some of his stunts, he was successful. He would clear whatever obstacle he was jumping over. But a lot of others uh, resulted in spectacular crashes. But just the fact that he survived, you know, says something. He had, you know, he went through life with some ridiculous number of broken bones and injuries, but he always picked himself up and, and went on to the next uh, big stunt. He certainly did. I was, I think the one I was thinking of was when he tried to jump the fountains at Caesar's Palace. I think he got pretty yeah, severely yeah, injured that at that. Was, yeah, and I think that was that was kind of what what uh, led him to prominence in the first place. I think that was his first really big major stunt. But he was, uh, um, you know, he was he was famous in his hometown of, of Butte for a while. And and when he died, there was an enormous, um, you know, an enormous procession for his for his funeral. So he is really hailed there as uh, one of the favorite sons. And his um, his hockey career, even there, is probably not all that well-known, and the fact that, you know, there is a Kootenai connection to it is even less known. Interesting. Okay, so I guess if you compared him to something today, if you were trying to describe it, you'd say he's like uh, one of these, like, YouTube, you know, influencers, like somebody who goes viral on YouTube for some of the stunts that they pull. Oh, for sure, yeah. If YouTube had existed back in the 1970s, uh, Evil Knievel could have made his name that way. I mean, at the time, I think he... um, he first came to prominence because the uh, one of his motorcycle jumps appeared on ABC's Wild World of Sports. Oh yeah! But he had to he had to convince them to you know that he was worth airing. But uh, you know, and today with uh, where anybody can be a, a broadcaster or you know make a name for themselves on social media, I'm sure that he would have been one of those guys. Boy, this really took me back down memory lane here. Is there a lot of history? Do you think that it, to uncover in the Kootenays, like stories of this? How do you do it? How do you find them? Well, a lot of them are, are um, from these digitized newspapers, um, which are, you know, gradually being added online more and more. Uh, the, um, the Nelson Daily News, for example, which was a, a major newspaper in, in the B.C. interior for, you know, most of its existence of 100 and 110 years or so, is slowly being added online. And so now you can search for stuff that before it would have been really hard slogging in the library in front of a microfilm reader, possibly going blind, you know, looking for hours for something. But now you can do a keyword search and find something, you know, very, very quickly, which was what happened in in this case. It was actually pretty easy to find everything that I I needed to know or wanted to know about um, Evil Knievel playing against teams and against uh, Trail and Creston. Who knew? It's a treasure trove of info. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us to tell us about it. Oh, you're very welcome, Cindy. That's Greg Nesteroff. Greg is a Kootenai historian, co-author of Lost Kootenays, A History in Photographs, and operator of the local history blog, The Kootenai Reader. Great stuff there. Evil Knievel and the Kootenays. Who knew? 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.